0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, building mobile apps that can be used
1: in a classified environment. What is it going to connect to? And we um, worked with the Department of Defense and specifically the Air Force on really kind of taking a, a sample use case, a pathfinder, if you will, and saying, could we actually go and change the way that the business was being done?
0: Whenever I go into a federal office, I find myself reminded that most federal workers live in a paper economy. Well, when will the so-called promise of the digital economy come to government? Shouldn't our hardworking government workers be able to manage their work like people in the private sector? Well, our next guest, Chris Gorman, the co-founder of Moncton, believes that they should. And he's on a personal mission to make that pile of paper that you're looking at at your desk or carrying around in your bag... Maybe get just a little bit smaller. Let's learn more. Chris, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me on.
0: Well, it seems to me that the demands of government work just get higher and higher. How much of your technology efforts come out of seeing this from the people that you've been working with for the last 20 years?
1: Well, I think that the opportunity to do more with the people who are actually doing the business of government out in the field is really the biggest opportunity for the government to really take words like monetization, or take you know ideas like transformation, and now break them down to something that's more tactical, more um, reasonable to do in a shorter interval. And looking at mobility, uh, I think that that is a term that again has been used from the standpoint of our old Blackberries that we used to have going back 10 years ago, and they did email, calendar, and contact really, really well. But it wasn't until the iPhone came out back in 2007 that this idea of the app store kind of hit everybody. And it's really that proliferation of, is there an app for that? And that kind of concept has really promoted the explosion of us using our phones each and every day. You know, I would uh, venture to say if I were to ask you to pull out your phone right now, you probably have somewhere between 20 and 40 apps on that easily.
0: Well, I would say not only that, but more to the point is I think about how I manage my personal life, whether it's uh, uh, managing the documents that I have to sign or read or it's managing my financial affairs or just keeping up with people. Most of it's now done digitally in the cloud under some sort of secure environment that I interact with in my phone, off my computer, but I'm not printing out paper and storing paper anymore. So, right? I mean, this is really ultimately what you're trying to address
1: isn't it exactly jonathan it's the whole idea that we use our mobile devices in our personal life all the time but given a lot of the security concerns that use really hasn't made its way into our workplace or specifically into the government uh, settings and i think there's a good reason for that if we take a look at all of the cyber attacks either by sophisticated independent organizations like anonymous and others or even more importantly our adversaries coming in from north korea and russia and china and iran We should be concerned, not only for the security of what that app is doing locally there on the phone, but you just nailed it. It's everything now that that app is going to connect to. So as the entire government is making this kind of migration to cloud-based computing, how do you bring the power of the cloud safely all the way out to the people who are in the field to do their work on those apps rather than on clipboard and paper?
0: So how do you do it?
1: We, we took a look at uh, how do you go about kind of um, really addressing those security concerns. And it's a balancing act. How do you get the most amount of utility without compromising security? And so it's either throwing a lot of really smart people and building all of the security that would be necessary to protect all the data while it's at rest, maybe in a disconnected mode where you're off and wi is not uh, available, or your LTE isn't really got more than one or two bars. Or as you're connected, You know, how do you do that as the data is moving from your phone, from that app up to the intended kind of cloud system and back and forth. And so looking around uh, back to like maybe 2013, 2014, there really wasn't a good definition of what is secure enough, what is reasonable risk. And so we started Moncton back in 2016 on this notion that we could build the right level of security, not so much defined by us as a vendor, but defined by the NSA. And so we look to what does the NSA and really, you know, the the collective world do who subscribes to this concept of common criteria. And in layman's terms, common criteria, it really is the kind of gold standard, if you will, for compute and communications at a classified level. And so we look to bring that same level of defined security controls out of what NSA says is the minimum requirements to do classified level computing, and now bring that down into your mobile apps so that anybody could be building mobile apps that are at a classified level.
0: So what you're getting at is that this is an example of how we've used or in your case, you started out with with DOD. You know, you you solve this challenge for the most demanding customer possible, right? But this now is a problem that every enterprise has has, right? Absolutely. So talk to me a bit about how you're taking this technology and now you're starting to commercialize it, because I think you're up to some really interesting stuff with this consortium idea you ran past me.
1: We took this idea of not just the app and how do you build security into the app itself, but what is it going to connect to? And we um, worked with the Department of Defense and specifically the Air Force on really kind of taking a, a sample use case, a pathfinder, if you will, and saying, Could we actually go and change the way that the business was being done, where the work was being performed uh, with a truly kind of sensitive or controlled unclassified information set of uh, use cases, which bring along, again, all of those security uh, concerns that have prevented all of this work from being done somewhere else other than your desktop? Hmm. And so the the use case um, that we helped support was uh, working with the Air Force in supporting their mission requirement of flight readiness. Think about we were at a Redskins game together, and we were
0: extremely at- <laughs> unlikely. But anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> all right, we'll go go go, go Nats then. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're we're down at Nats Stadium, and um, you've got thirty two jets parked out uh, by First Street out in the parking lot. And you're working on uh, maybe repairing a fuselage or working on, uh, you know, the, the windscreen. And as you're working through your steps, step one, two, three, four, and five, every time that you've completed step one, you need by their current process in the Air Force to walk all the way back into the stadium, go to a network, secure, right. you know, PC, put in your CAT card, you know, go through the things with, and walk all provided, the way back.
0: That's really a big deal. It's clear to me that you've engaged in a personal war on paper. And I like that. I like that about you. But I want to get back to, before I let you go, I heard you mention Apple, Amazon, some big companies that you're getting ready to work to make this available to to businesses and consumers around the country.
1: Correct. So so we took the kind of lessons learned coming out of this Air Force uh, program and after it had gone through all of the assessments and gone into production, we said, what did we do right? What could we do even better? And it was this idea of secure by standard. So how do we take the kind of mandatory requirements for identity? How do I know Jonathan is who he claims to be mm-hmm. and do that to the NIST standards? How do we kind of take the same thing for mobile, for the device, the app, the kind of device management software, and do that to the NSA NIAP level? And then certainly for all the cloud stuff, you know, how do we kind of leverage all of the FedRAMP already approved pieces? And now you're working off a collective platform that any organization, commercial, you know, banking, healthcare uh, pharma, insurance, or certainly anybody in the DOD or in the intelligence community could come to and they simply need to bring their business problem. What is the mission requirement I'm trying to solve? Who are those field-based workers that need to actually either capture new information or process it there locally in the field or transmit it back or maybe digitally sign it so that they know that it was actually Jonathan entering this information? Do this in a way that you have predictability without sacrificing security to standards that already exist. And now instead of it being like a typical two-year project, we can actually put out net new capability in a matter of months.
0: Chris, this sounds compelling to me from, a, from the standpoint of cutting down on paper, but is there a dollar savings involved too?
1: Well, what I can uh, give you as uh, a, a real working example is um, the Air Force Bryce app uh, that I mentioned before. Um, the Air Force, now that this app has gone into production, you know, has documented the time that each mechanic or maintainer is saving uh, is at least an hour per shift. Um, that might not sound like a lot, but when you start calculating that out over the total number of maintainers and mechanics that are working on these combat aircraft, uh, that translates to roughly 5 million hours Per year and if you break that down again just looking at that labor cost it's over hundred and fifty million dollars off of what was a little bit more than a million dollar initial investment so this type of ROI is not only possible but is already being realized and this was all done within a year so little investment gets you a big reward if you're starting to look at what again are those business processes that we can get rid of paper and allow people to do the work where they're actually at
0: If you're an enterprise or you're interested in end-to-end security and you want people to use your phones, you definitely want to check out Moncton. Chris Gorman, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me in.
0: Thank you to the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit BoardOfTrade.org to learn how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Oric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at Oric.com. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two DC region bands, two car living room and the sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.